Welcome to the Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. Hello, Rose. Hey, David. I am excited for today's guest because we've got the one, the only, the amazing Alex Cox is back. Howdy, howdy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited. Yeah, Alex, you are one of our favorite guests because, uh, how do I put this? You are living the struggle with us. Alex is... um, (laughs) You know, <laughs> yes, right. Yes. I mean, you're you're automating <laughs> yes. stuff. I mean, as soon as we got on the prep call, you had like a list of like four questions of things you're trying to automate that you want. So we're going to mm-hmm. cover some of that during the show. But you know, the automators is not meant to be a show for people who you know write Xcode every day for a living. Although Rose, I know you do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't usually use Xcode. I write PHP, which is difficult to do in Xcode. Well, but anyway. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. But no, we, we, you know, the reason the show exists is we want anybody out there to automate, just like the chef said in Ratatouille. Anybody can automate. And um, and and Alex, you're on the journey with us. You've got some cool stuff. You do. You're automating yourself. You're out there doing cool stuff. But you also got some questions and. Rose and I are struggling with it along with you. So this is going to be a great show for anybody listening. We're going to give you some good automation tips. And uh, if you're listening, the reason we drop these shows on Fridays is because we want you to spend the weekend going home and getting motivated and building some of your own automations. Maybe you can share them back I, with I, us. I like the way that it is really much. So we love you for listening to the show. By the way, here's the list of homework. Yeah. <laughs> Insert like 500 page document. Um accidentally but done with love every time <laughs> but it works we get emails from listeners all the time who figured out some cool automation that saves them time and that's the whole point right i mean uh, we like computers but we would rather be spending time playing with our dogs our kids in the garden uh watching tv whatever it is that we like to do for fun and uh automation can help you get there gang so that's that's why we're here so alex alex uh, one of the things that you do that I love is do by Friday. Uh, it's such a great podcast. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who came up with the idea to pair you and Merlin man together, but it is, I, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly, or it's like gasoline in a match. I'm not sure which one, but they, <laughs> it, it, either way, it's kind uh, of awesome. Was this intended to be a compliment, by I, the way, David? Because- I mean, that's exactly <laughs> how I would describe it, honestly, because that's that's pretty much it. All, all it took was me listening to Merlin Mann's shows for about a decade. Well, and including you, David, I listened to Mac Power users probably before any other show i mean maybe uh, because you were you were a show before itunes supported podcasts right or am i mistaken no it was it was there but we were pretty early to the game but that wasn't that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and then uh, rose came and then she became my favorite and now i'm like oh the heck (laughs) with all of these boys (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't I'm, I'm you. sure you've been podcasting a lot longer than I am, Alex. I remember hearing about you such a long time ago and thinking, darn, Alex sounds like just such a cool person. I mean, I have been podcasting for as long as Mike Hurley. I am just not as popular. So <laughs> for and for good reason. But that's that's such a compliment. Th- thank you, Rose. I w- was listening to my old automators episode actually the you were kind enough to have me on two years ago 
And mm-hmm. I just didn't want to repeat too much of what I had talked about before and realized, oh, you know what? I have uh, with my automations kind of uh, come not a long way, but as much as I would want to in that amount of time. So I think that just speaks to what David said, that even if you are hearing this and you just like to listen because you enjoy hearing David and Rose's Rosemary's voices, I'm as I do, don't worry. There's still stuff to to do. I am I am still I still feel like a newbie and then realized, oh, we've grown a lot in in two years. Mm-hmm. So that was ex- yeah. kind of exciting. I gave yeah, myself a compliment. Is. This is the first time on any show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Alex. Yes. That is an achievement. <laughs> and also, I'd just like to note, thinking that your achieve like your your automations have come like a distance and you said not a long way. That it might actually be a good thing in some ways because, you know, obviously David and I are messing with this stuff all the time because we're doing a podcast about automation. So mm-hmm, we do have mm-hmm. to push the limits to an extent and play with all the things. But, you know, things not having necessarily moved a lot and just improved, that's a sign that they're working. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> like my, my biggest problem is usually like, why is this not working? Um, I had this just before we started the show today. I, kept, I couldn't figure out why. I was asking my HomePod to set my office lights to 100%. They briefly go to 100% and then they just get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Um, So, spoiler, this weekend I was rearranging my office. Obviously, I've put one of the controls to um, adapt lights in a box somewhere and something is resting on it uh, and it's pressing the button. (laughs) So, (laughs) I've had to turn off that automation because something somewhere is dimming my lights and I don't 100% know where it is right now. So... That's going to be a fun one to fix. <laughs> you know that you've grown as an, an automator when you realize that it could be something physical that is messing things up. Because just before we started recording, I'm like, oh, God, is is my air conditioner still that loud? And uh, went to just eventually go unplug it because my automation turned it off, didn't work. And then I saw a cat sitting on the button for it. So that was probably <laughs> why. of the time now, it used to be um, like only 10% of the time it was a cat messing up automations because we'll talk about it, but most of my automations are still in the real world, quote, real world. Uh, But now uh, about half the time it is is a cat (laughs) messing them up. I think what I would just say that as a general rule, if you own a cat and you try to automate, that the cat is going to mess it up about 10% of the time just as a continuation of the psychological warfare between cats and humans. Exactly. I, I feel like I need to correct you, David. If you are owned by one or more cats, there you go. That, that is there the correct go. phrasing of the sentence. You don't own a cat. The cat graces you with that presence yeah. and chooses to own you. Yeah, see, yes. I, I'll speak as a dog person. Dogs don't mess up my automations. They just like look at me sad when I'm trying to automate. Uh-huh. I feel like I should remind you of the time that Ashoka um, was uh, chewing on the flood sensor. That's right. And she, she triggered the, the flood sensor because she was licking it. That's correct. You're, well, guys, oh, dogs are in on, dogs are oh, in on, the, on it too, guys. Well, if you have, <laughs> if any pets own you and you have automation problems, you should look at them, as, you know, 
sideways. <laughs> I, I really feel like they, they do like to mess with us a bit. And that's one way to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if you have a partner and anything goes wrong with your automation, always blame the pet. Yes. Always blame the pet. Yep, it yep, will yep. buy you so mm-hmm. much leeway. Yeah. Um, definitely recommend that tactic. Um, yeah. You know, unless, unless the pet's literally out of the house at the time that something goes wrong and there is absolutely no way that they could possibly have, like, peed somewhere or put something somewhere that they shouldn't have that could be causing the issue. But yeah, blame blame the pets. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you've got like a budgie or something, like they are creative creatures. You can, you can blame a budgie. I'm yeah. sure of it. Listen, if it can fart, then it can break in automation. So yeah, if you're yeah. going to blame it. And everything yeah. but sluts can fart, apparently. So, oh, wow. This is a discussion that came <laughs> off at work the other week. Don't ask me how stand-up went that off the rails, but it did. Um, this is what happens when the boss is out. Um, so, yeah, um, if it's not a sloth that can fart. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just had a little insight, though. I was thinking leak sensors actually could be quite useful when training dogs, right? I mean, if they uh, – you could put a leak sensor, like, in the crate or wherever the dog stays, and you would know when they peed. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that is something I'm trying to set up for my brother who has just gotten a, a dog, actually. That is, yeah. I, I believe, a product that I- exists. And, uh, well, motion sensors exist, but the dog knows. Like, it, there's basically a little accident area, we, we call it. Um, and the dog at least knows that if there's going to be an accident, he goes over there. Uh, so there's a little motion sen- sensor that works with HomeKit. And uh, then he's like, uh, my brother's like, oh, all right, guess got to go home and deal with that. But it's it prepares. You him. could go a level deeper. You could get an Acara leak sensor. They're about 15 bucks, but you'd have to also get an Acara hub, by the way. Um, but <laughs> if you if he got that when it gets wet, it would he would get a, you know, the, but but the funny thing is the way it integrates with HomeKit is it goes off like. There is actually a leak, like an alarm goes off. Everybody in the house (laughs) hears it. It comes through as a critical alert. It sings out on the HomePods. I'm using the word sing very generously here. It is loud. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, that is like the only problem with that, because also, especially if there are HomePods involved and like the dog hears it, then they're going to get like, I mean, this could be a good thing, right? The the dog here like pees, then hears a sound and is like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Yes. But at the same time, you don't want the dog to be terrified of going to the toilet. So yeah. yeah it's like I red know. alert, red alert, rover, let it, let it flow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something you may want to look into. Yeah. Uh, you know, something <laughs> which you mentioned along those lines. And uh, at some point that when we get to the next feedback show, I want to go into this deeper rose, but Akara has done something cool. Because there's all these features with the Acara hardware, and Rose and I always have this asterisk. Well, Acara cameras do this, or Acara sensors do that, but they don't talk to HomeKit. Well, now they've got a way to share uh, workflows from the Acara app to HomeKit. Have you seen this, Rose? It's a nice feature they've added recently with a software update. Um, I don't want to get into it today because I need to do a little more prep on it. But uh, if you've got Acara sensors and you want to get some of those additional features into HomeKit, it's actually easier now than it used to be. So. Yeah, I, I've I've seen that, um, and I've also seen that SwitchBot appears to be doing something very similar as well with their matcha-based hub. Um, so that's definitely something that we should look into because, yeah, I've had some questions come in about that recently. Oh, that's so cool. I look forward to that show. Yeah, Alex, you got to find Akara in your life if you're doing a home automation. It's just so great. Um, but you had said earlier, I'm not going to let you get away with this, you said that you had grown as an automator 
Um, tell us a little bit about that. What are the automations and platforms that you have found yourself gravitating to in the last two years? I have finally been using a keyboard maestro to do what I want it to do and actually put my windows where I want them to go and uh, for things like podcast editing or uh, podcast recording. Just setting that up was really intimidating, but between the two of you and uh, Jason Snell, I think I've finally gotten it to work. Um, And that has been phenomenal because I absolutely adore iOS. It is my main, and I talked about this on the last show, iOS is basically my main operating system. Secondary to that uh, is macOS. And like a lot of people, Actually, Jason Snell talked, uh, wrote about this on Six Colors a couple days ago. Like a lot of folks, I tried to make my iPad a primary traveling computer for a very long time and really enjoyed being able to have just that really kind of stark focus with one or two apps and in sometimes barely focus, uh, barely working focus modes. But now I I know this may make some people cringe. I have my Mac set up like a really, really fancy iPad that I would want. I just kind of wanted to make my Mac into what I would want an iPad to have. And because now it's it's kind of like the surface of Mac OS for me is what I would uh, like is iOS. And then if I want to, you know, drill deeper, if I really need to go um, into like something like God forbid Vim, uh, which has only happened once, um, I can do that. But I can have these really powerful applications exactly where I want them to be and doing the exact things I want. For, For example, there is this certain thing in logic where I can't put any keyboard shortcut for it. It's not meant to be used that often because logic is an application for musicians, not podcasters. And a lot of us struggle with that. So I just needed something to always open strip silence, which is what you use when you are editing a podcast and you want to eliminate the silent uh, parts on different tracks. So it's just easier overall to kind of splice it together. But there was just no way to open that uh, setting and then change it to the exact sort of uh, threshold. I th- th- I know that this is nonsense to some people. I apologize. No, Basically, no, it makes sense. You're trying to, to run a you're trying to run a command and it doesn't have automation for that, right? And I just so. yeah, I just needed to click a, li- a bunch of little buttons, and I couldn't do that until I set up keyboard maestro with my stream deck. And and now it it works, and I should have done it a long time ago, but it's there now, and I'm grateful for it. So, so you're telling me that Alex is using Keyboard Maestro doing setups and contextual computing with automation? 
Are you, well, <laughs> are you gaslighting me? Are you just trying to get me all excited? I mean, what's going on here? I mean, I heard the magic focus modes in there as well, David. So yes, I. I mean, it's like a trifecta. I mean, I. I mean, I wanted to say, sort of save it for for the show, but I know how much you like uh, contextual. Both both of us really like contextual computing, and uh, that's why I have my Mac set up set up like this because there's just too much cognitive load for me to or there. There isn't too much technically, but I think of my brain as a a computer and uh, I want to use as little RAM as possible on things that don't don't need it so that I can do I I can use the rest of the RAM for things I can't automate, like thinking up silly ideas or doing stuff with my family or or friends. Mm -hmm. So. And obviously, that is what uh, automating is all about. And with my, uh, and it's not just on my computer. I mentioned a little bit before about how most of my automations are also like physically based. And I'm still using shortcuts with um, NFC tags to run pretty much everything in my apartment. I've got little stickers set up by my desk, in my kitchen, in my living room, both where I sit for, like, couch, like, TV time, and uh, a place for reading. And each of those NFC tags triggers a focus mode to... change my home screen or and or start playing something on a home pod and change the lights just so I can uh, get in to both literally the focus mode on iOS but also in my with my own brain it's easier for me to be like okay now it is it's like a my brain goes to hopefully it's like a solid state drive now it it doesn't take as long to to decompress from work or it doesn't take as long to you know go from relaxing to get getting stuff uh going out of the house um and because i also live in such a small space because i'm in chicago that and I can't really like when I say rooms, that's a uh, very generous <laughs> noun, I suppose. It's more like vague areas. Mm-hmm. So to define that, I, I kind of do it by lights and uh, those different contexts. And it, I haven't gotten to the point where I only work on certain projects in certain places, but I'm I'm kind of almost there because, you know, Blue versus green versus purple lights really makes my brain function in different ways. And I I love that. I know it's not for everybody. <laughs> this episode of Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like playing your favorite game and not using all the power-ups. Why limit yourself when there's so much more fun to be had? Netflix actually has thousands of shows across different countries, but without a VPN, you only get access to a limited selection based on your location. 
With ExpressVPN, you can unblock those shows by amending where it thinks you're located, and it works on other streaming services too. That means that I can watch The Office US on Canadian Netflix, or even Lord of the Rings on Turkish Netflix, with just one click by opening the app, choosing the country I want Netflix to think I'm in, and refreshing. There are so many reasons to use ExpressVPN. It has blazing fast speeds. You can stream in HD with zero buffering. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. Plus, they have servers in 94 different countries, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. And it works with other services like BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and many more. You can start paying full price for streaming services and getting only access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com automators. Don't forget to use the link at expressvpn.com automators to get those extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. Before the break, you were talking about your brain getting upgraded to an SSD. I have the opposite problem. I've come to acknowledge that my brain is more on the basic abacus level of compute. And uh, the automation and all this stuff I do is ways to help me make an abacus do more than it should. Uh, um, so, uh, so we're, that, we're both, well, that's the thing. You're like, adding more <laughs> rows and more beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Before I was on, you know, like a, uh, I, I book sort of thing. And then ho- hopefully I kind of went to a power book and now, you know, with Silicon, uh, Max and my M2, my brain is at the hard drive levels that each of those had and, and the RAM amount, or at least I hope anyway. There's a Latin saying, materium superabat opus, which means the, the um, basically the collection is greater than the parts. And I've decided that's my life's dream, that when they put me in the ground, they'll say, well, he wasn't really that smart. But he did some pretty good stuff with what he had, you know, and um, I think automation plays a role there. Uh, and, uh, you know, so so you mentioned keyboard maestro and screen setups, and uh, I will not ever pass up an excuse to talk about that, because I think anybody listening to this should consider this. Uh, and the idea is using some automation tool to set your computer up to do the kinds of work you need to do in the best circumstances. So. So uh, it sounds like you've been playing with that. What are you doing and and how's it working? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I had tried to use Keyboard Maestro a little bit before and used your wonderful MacSparky Fields Guide, I believe, was how I uh, wasn't introduced to it. But when I was like, all right, I should... I should like actually sort of like get down to the bones with this. Uh, That actually still hasn't happened very, very much. (laughs) Mostly I kind of uh, am still doing the thing where it is a surface. uh, I don't want to say surface level, but the, the main thing is using scripts to, like I said, put windows in certain things like it will and using triggers like um see i'm trying to look be, because previous I, I do have a in obsidian 
also, David, this is a thing that we both do. Uh, it's called Cox OS, and all it's right. just kind of all of my, yeah, it's like all of my, uh, it's all my like medication stuff, all of like the apart. Uh, there's also a section for like everything that runs in my apartment. Um, for if a guest needs to come over, but and uh, I probably should have that with keyboard maestro too. Is uh, like my own little readme to re- reset stuff up be- when yeah. it breaks, because um, I I mentioned before the show how I basically qu- quit an- another job because in 2020 when last we talked, I was working at a company at uh, Cards Against Humanity here in Chicago as the studio and events manager. But in tw- then in 2020, this thing happened where people really didn't want to be confined uh, into a studio pl- place. Like having eight people there, not the best. Also, r- running uh, big events in an office when that office no longer exists, not really a thing. So all of my automations based around that w- went out the window. Um and then I started doing free lance work with con- consulting on e- events, also consulting on um, just setting up a workflow for your uh, like really if someone had a really small team, I would set them up. If they didn't have an IT person, I would just kind of be their go to and I did a, a bunch of that for a year and d- didn't, I don't want to say didn't enjoy it, but there were so many l- little things that I had to work around all of m- my clients in order to do the specific thing they wanted, even though, you know, it wasn't the best way, which is fine. Like, if you are working for someone, that is what you should do. But um, they should also pay you. And uh, and sometimes, you know, when you're freelancing, people just disappear. And that was something that I had never experienced until yeah, that's uh, that. that's no fun. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm like, you know what? All of my automations, all of the things that make me incredibly fast at working, uh, I, if I am just doing things for myself, a.k.a. just podcasting uh none of this would would break so what i am doing i finally now this was <laughs> the past week keyboard maestro is but it, it the only thing it does is right now is set windows and click certain buttons in logic for me and the reason i'm able to finally do that is I can just run my macbook air in clamshell mode and i don't need to worry about things being pixel perfect anymore because it's automatically set up that way. But before I would accidentally delete a complete track or something with a keyboard maestro. Um, I'm also, oh, sorry. I'm also using a stream deck to run the uh keyboard a lot of that stuff in yeah to run those scripts although i have to say as i learn more about keyboard maestro i i'm realizing more and more each year uh along with certain uh, certain apple scripts 
shortcuts can do just like more and more of it. And uh, whenever I go to like Google something I don't understand, it turns out someone's like, "Ah, well, actually, you can do this just with shortcuts natively. And so that is very exciting. But uh, for the tiny little pixel perfect things, a keyboard maestro is absolutely magic i think their icon yeah oh yep there's their icon has a little um (laughs) a little magic wand do you have a favorite thing david for keyboard maestro like is there what do you think i should be doing with keyboard maestro to even expand my uh musical automation palette with that specifically all right so setups you know the idea of setting your screen up to do your edits or whatever it is work project Mm -hmm. you want to do um, you have done the first building block and that's setting windows because I feel like for most people, that's the biggest part. Like you sit down at your computer and Safari is open to Amazon, but you need to make, you know, write the report, edit the podcast, whatever it is you do to pay for your shoes. What if you could hit a magical button and Amazon went away and the editing software came up and the windows were just the way you like them. So you can feel like you're in the space to do the work. Um, uh, keyboard maestro is fine for that. Um, and, but the thing is it's additive as you build that now you've got it. So you can duplicate that and say, well, now what about when I want to do email? Well, you go and you change the name of the apps. It doesn't open logic. It opens your mail app and it maybe sets a little differently. But once you start building these, they become super easy to make additional ones, you know? And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just a question of deciding, well, how much do you want it to do? Now, historically, I always did them in Keyboard Maestro, but somebody in the Max Parky Labs challenged me to do them in shortcuts. And honestly, I can do it in shortcuts just as easily because um, shortcuts has got powerful enough. And the window management piece of it was always the tricky part. The shortcuts window management can't hold a candle to to Keyboard Maestro. But what shortcuts Mm -hmm. can do is run an Apple script. And there's an app called Moom, M-O-O-M. I'm going to give you a Labs video where I explain it. Moom has Apple script support. So you can set up the windows exactly as you want with Moom. And then you can wow. run a one-step shortcut that says, run my Moom uh, view for editing podcasts. And they'll say, oh, great, Alex, no problem. Uh, here's logic. Here's your text edit. Here's your notes. Here's your whatever. And uh, it just does it for you. So you can set up very complex windows out of shortcuts. And what shortcuts yeah. gives you is the ability to do things like, oh, you want me to set your focus mode to editing? Sure, Mm -hmm. I'll do that too. Do you want me to run a timer in the timing app? Yeah, I got you covered. You know, do you want me to play the white noise app in the background? So so shortcuts does some things that keyboard maestro doesn't. And Mm -hmm. so then people are saying, well, should I switch them all to shortcuts? I'm like, no, not necessarily. If you like it in keyboard maestro, just keep doing it. Because now Keyboard Maestro can run shortcuts actions. So um, if you want to stick with Keyboard (laughs) Maestro, then just run the Keyboard Maestro action to run the shortcut to set the focus mode. So um, we live in this, I keep calling it this golden age of Mac automation because suddenly we've got these rich tools like shortcuts and Keyboard Maestro and Hazel and all these things are like at their peak and they all talk to each other. So Whichever one you want I'm to run. I'm going to fight you on that, David. I don't think we are living in a, a golden age of Mac automation. That was in, you, you know, the sort of, uh, well, I was going to say that was the Sal Sigourney days, but he's still 
just killing it with especially what uh, he's doing with voiceover. But we are in a golden age of Apple automation because so much can finally talk to each other in a way that... adds to that contextual computing. So for the weirdos like me who want to run everything on iOS, uh, it, it's, it, it, it works out. Like I can trigger keyboard, I guess I can trigger keyboard maestro things from my phone if I were if to a remote, uh, like let's say I, I mentioned before the show, I have a separate Mac. If I want, if that's on, I guess I could probably maybe run it with short or uh push push cuts that's in mm-hmm. the care of rosemary orchard yeah, we're, we're, so. gonna, we're gonna unleash rose on push cut for you in just a minute here but yeah one way you could do it yeah. is you can have keyboard maestro you can have basically a secret url so yeah. you could call that url from your phone and then it would trigger mm-hmm. keyboard maestro on your second computer and do all that stuff for you yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I mean, because I also use um well for for launching the apps, I for a while had a mix of bu- uh, bunch actions too with mm-hmm. with uh, Brett Terpstra, which is what I would use on my laptop when I couldn't be when I can't be in clamshell m- mode. Um Mostly, I, I know that you can do it with Keyboard Maestro, but it was one of those things where it worked. And if it didn't, I could text Brett and say, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And he'd be like, yep. here, here's the right script that you need to run it. So that's, And in fairness, that thing I just described, you could do the entire thing in Bunch because Bunch can mm-hmm, run shortcuts yeah, and it yeah, can run exactly. Apple Script. So, so you really get to choose your weapon. Yeah. And the other thing is, I'm pretty certain the Bunch docs are where David found the Apple Script from Moom. Um, as well to run to run Moom to to set the the uh, screen stuff. <laughs> the other thing yeah. I want to mention, by the way, about Moom <sighs> is um what you what you do with Moom is you click on the Moom menu bar um uh, uh icon and then you just say, click on save window layout snapshot. So like you put your windows where you want them and then you're just like just save Whoa. it like just save what I've got like give it a name down darn that's it like bam um and then yeah that's it done. Um, and then it's it's also got the like if you hover over the um the the full screen icon, then it's got like uh expand this to the full size of the current screen, but not no. like full screen edge. Oh. It's got put it over on the left side, put it over on the right side, put it on the top half, put it on the bottom half, and then at the bottom it's got a rectangle. And you can also change this to use hexagons, which are the best hexagons. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you yes. click on that little <laughs> rectangle, then you can just like select an area of your screen and it kind of like drags out like Lego bricks almost. Um, and 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 like then then it'll just snap the window that you've just you've just changed the size of to that. Exactly that. Um, and then there's like other options within there in, inside of that for like move it to like I've got an ultra wide monitor. So I've got things like move it to the right hand third of my screen. Um, and stuff like that. There's just so much you can do with Moom. It, it is truly crazy. And it's one of those things like, I can absolutely resize a window using something like Keyboard Maestro. Keyboard Maestro is a great app to use for resizing windows if that's the app you're already using and that's what you're used to and so on. But if I just want to, if somebody wants a recommendation for an app that's going to like move windows on their screen, I'm just going to tell them to try Moom because it's very, very mm-hmm. easy to like get into. And that that menu bar save window layout snapshot is just so powerful. It makes it really, really easy to dive into. 
So you you know what, Rose? I I bet even if for some reason uh, a, a person is bonkers and was like, mm, no, I I'm gonna do a, that's that's dumb. I'm gonna do my own thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I I just went to the app store for Moom, and guess what? There's an app store that's clean up your windows, and what they suggest is is Moom and a, a couple a couple other tools and basically they teach you how to do this in just in the basically uh, it's not an ad but um you know little app it, yeah. f- featurette which is another reason that I am excited about uh, like uh, Apple just showing off it, it, what's essentially an automation and it's even more accessible that's wild I am so stoked yeah. about that well, I'm, yes. I'm very Magnet is excited. another one they mentioned there. And Better Snap yeah. Tool, which is built into Better Touch Tool, uh, if you've got that. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of different options for this stuff. I personally just like Moom. It works really, really well for me. Um, it's silly easy to use, I'm going to say. Like, it took me a little while to figure out, like, how do I calculate one third of my screen? And I was like, mm, it doesn't matter exactly how I calculate it. I just need to get it about mm-hmm. right. And then I can always adjust this over time. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of options. I found that story, by the way, from the app store and I'll put a link in the show notes. And from what I remember, that link, even if you don't have a Mac, should open on iOS as well so that you can have a look at that. I have always been curious about the, the like what would happen with window management on uh, the Mac when uh, let's say a, a, a theoretical headset would, would come out. I'm like, okay, Apple's going to care a lot about window management eventually. And uh, <laughs> obviously stage manager is is what that was, but I'm so glad to see they are embracing the use of third-party apps still. And that also makes me um, excited for the possibilities for Vision OS eventually. Which I know yes. is later down on the doc the document. Y'all are so organized with this. I I mean I mentioned this to you when we were talking pre-show, Alex. Like our show outline is more of a sort of rough guideline of here's a couple of markers. Let's try and hit them at some point. But it's mm-hmm. it's like one of those adventure runs where it's like your aim is to hit all the markers and then go to the finish line. But mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. Y- there's no but order there's required. Quests, and- <laughs> though, so that you need to do. <laughs> it's fine if they, if we end up with too many side quests, we'll just get you back in a, in a couple of months and continue talking about all this. <laughs> uh, I mean, just one last point on Moom though is people do write me and say, "Well, you know, this other one does this or that," and you know, but I just find it really hard to not recommend Moom because. The combination, it has so many window management features built in. And then the ease of saving a setup windows like Rose was talking about, and then the ease of triggering it via Apple script. It's just such a killer combination. I just don't know how you not use that. And and it, it Rose is right. Like setting it up in Keyboard Maestro, as much as I'm a fan of Keyboard Maestro, it is a thing where you have to set a percentage or you have to set a pixel um, location. But what if you change your, your screen display or whatever? And and Moom just kind of solves that for you. And then you can drop it into oh, any yeah. automation platform. You can put it in, um, you know, you can put it in bunch. You can put it in shortcuts. You can use it in Keyboard Maestro. It doesn't matter. And it, it just gives you. But, but, and then the big point yes. I want to make before we move on is you've started it. You've got, even if you just have one, 
you've you're like 75 percent of the journey just by getting one because now it gets mm-hmm. super easy and then you're going to find yourself saying oh you know what about when i want to you know do ad recording or what about when i want to set up a new client project or whatever it is that you need to do next no no client projects david no I, clients. I, I know as i said the words <laughs> i almost like I'm sucked triggered. them back in i know you don't want to do that but but somebody listening might and and the point is, whatever it is that you want to do next, once you've built the structure, you duplicate it, you change a few things, and then you've got it, you know? And then the mm-hmm. the last piece of these setups is having an easy way to trigger them. And you had said that you were doing it with a stream deck, which is great. Like Keyboard mm-hmm. Maestro, uh, you know, you set up a button, run a Keyboard Maestro script, you can do the same thing with shortcuts or bunch. Um, but, you know, making triggers on a stream deck is great. If you're using Keyboard Maestro, a conflict palette can work. There's there's a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. as you start getting into this, you should think about, well, how do I want to trigger these and what's the easiest way for me to jump between them? Yeah, I didn't even mention Alfred and Raycast, which I also yeah. both use. Raycast <laughs> is wonderful. awesome. And it runs shortcuts mm-hmm. right out of the box. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Before we move on from Moom, I do just want to mention that Moom also has built-in triggers because, of course, we love automation apps. Moom has an option to trigger automatically when switching to the car- like your display layout matching like something in particular. So if you connect like one monitor that's got, say, 3,440 by 1,440 pixels <laughs> and one that's 2,560 by 1,440 then it can automatically like rearrange your windows when you connect to that display layout, which is great for something like a laptop that you would dock and then undock, even if like if you're not using it in clamshell mode, if you're using it in a, an open mode, which is what I do with my machine. Um, and it's just so nice that it can just be like, hey, I can tell that you have done this. I'm just going to rearrange your windows for you because that's what you told me to do. Um, and uh, it's got keyboard shortcuts and stuff built in as well that you can set up for each of your... Uh, rearrangements. So yeah, it's really good. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Text Expander, your shortcut to efficient, consistent communications. Get 20% off. Just go to textexpander.com slash automators. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client, or you don't want to track down the same FAQs from the company website. These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster. And that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes. Gang, if you're automators, this is the best place to start. Allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, Text Expander lets you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then create your chosen abbreviation, and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. This will make sure that you still keep the personality in the communication you send. Text Expander is available on any device you use across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I use the heck out of Text Expander. Just this week, I released a new field guide, the Obsidian Field Guide. I would not be able to get through this week without Text Expander because there's so many email questions, there's so many special links I need to send. 
I do all of that in Text Expander. It just makes everything so much easier. Every year, I look at the estimates of time saved in Text Expander, and I literally save days of my life every year. This is simple and powerful automation. You're an automator, you should check it out. If repetitive typing is getting you down and you need Text Expander, check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com slash automators, and you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. And our thanks to Text Expander for all of their support of the automators. So Alex, you teased us. NFC tags. You said you've got NFC tags everywhere. You, you've got mm-hmm. stickers. I've got like NFC like plastic chips um, and card type chips that I've put in a bunch of places uh, because um, I've like stuck them to like my vitamin box and so on so that when I take my vitamins, I can like tap my phone on it and be like, I've taken my vitamins. Now I don't need to think about it because shortcuts magically goes up and does the work. You, you mentioned like there's focus modes involved here, this background noise. What happens when your phone scans an NFC tag? What do they look like? Are they just like white or black stickers? Have you got like pretty patterns on them? What's going on with these? Vitamins. <laughs> okay, vitamins for the it. Americans. I'm I sorry. Well, back when I was in Utah, um, I, uh, actually, I was going to say the biggest struggle I have had with NFC tags is finding some that don't break i i guess the the best luck i've had is with the switchbot stickers and those are on amazon they're a bit more expensive than the stickers that you can buy like 60 like us for $3 there's like 80 of these little uh stickers um but what i use i i guess they're almost like a cardstock a, a little bit and mm-hmm. it used to be they used to be very colorful um when i had each of my contexts or focus modes like they they are based around a certain color um they they, let's just say my spouse thought they were a bit garish so now they are all white and uh, my muscle memory and having them long enough i don't really need them labeled but every morning when i uh, i am in my bathroom i just slap my phone on the mirror and that triggers my uh wake up nfc i know that you can run an automatic shortcut to or automate something directly in shortcuts to turn on your lights, turn on the music and uh, do the alarm, all all of that stuff. But my problem was I would talk to the uh, Apple lady and then fall back to sleep, even though all of the lights would be on and music was on. So that's why I have a sticker. Like I, after my alarm goes off, I need to tap, that uh phone to the nfc tag to it it turns all of the lights from this garish wake up color uh and i i do all of this with hue lights and uh, short shortcuts with with home kit i i know that some people don't like hue but i it's just always worked 
for me and uh, they have simple physical switches as well and that's one thing my spouse does does like so they don't need to use the nfcs to control uh the lights um but that will in the morning it starts my uh toothbrush timer and uh, then and turns lights on turns my music on and sets a timer for all that for 30 in, in 30 minutes all of that shuts down very abruptly it, the the music stops the uh lights in my apartment turn blue so that it's like okay it is work mode. And when I say blue, I mean like uh, the one that like mimics sunlight theoretically. Oh, yeah. Like and that cold white blue. Yeah. it's And it's not the most pleasant thing, but it's just to be like, okay, now, now is the time to, uh, if you've been messing around, like you only need 30 minutes to get ready uh, ch- change things. So if if for some reason my I, I I need to go in and stop an automation, it, it that just mucks everything uh, up. So in, in order to not get into the muck, it uh, motivates me to uh, get up and do those things, and it migrates perfectly to like chunking blocks of time for uh, uh working so if uh, like that that motivates me when 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 an automation will will break uh mm-hmm. it, i i don't enjoy that <laughs> it's maybe someone has a, a a weird special thing where they're like yes my shortcut broke but i'm not that person so i i i try to basically think of those NFC tags as an extension of my brain of like, all right, if I am tapping this button, it is tapping a part of my brain. And uh, I just try to imagine that it, it it's like, okay, that is that, that light change, your brain, your brain did that. I know this sounds like, like bonkers. Um, but yeah, so it's bathroom and then I sit at my desk and then tap another NFC tag uh this is a question i well i i think i will be able to answer this question myself but if i can since i run shortcuts via an nfc tag would i be able to run that would i be able to trigger that shortcut and it also talks to my mac and arranges it in a certain way oh my gosh i'm so happy and and in theory i could just hit a button on my stream deck that that's what i do now to set everything up um to run a uh like first thing in the morning is my um whatever i want to do least uh so it opens up a specific omnifocus context uh, in the wind not context a a perspective that is a list of things i want to do least um it it has a, a a naughty word as the as the tag so so let's just say the things i want to do least it it pops up in the corner and um my email opens drafts opens 
a Google Doc. Uh, well, it, it used to be whatever the current project was for a client I was working on would open. Um, and that would uh, then I just sit for however, however long. Um, and then middle of the day, I go to like take a quick break and then I run, I am, I go to my kitchen and run another NFC tag that is pretty basic. It changes the, the lights to like normal. Um, but it will also run a, I, I have a switch bot mechanical, I don't know. It, I don't have anything that can open. Yeah, yeah. A, a button presser that will make me an afternoon espresso. And it also opens the blinds that or, or the curtains. Um, I don't have a mm-hmm. fancy like Ikea thing that will do it automatically. I have a physical thing that like latches on to the pole that we had to install yeah. over the window. Um, because it'd be uh, my flat. <laughs> I love British English so much. We should adopt it. Y- yours should be the correct, um, the <laughs> the like canonical thing. Um, and I'm, it's it's funny because I am trying. I'm like opening Cox OS and looking at this because so much of this now is just ingrained in my brain. Um, like, all right, my afternoon break is done, and then I go. Uh, I come back to my desk, and I have a separate NFC tag. I could probably now. I realize. Um, no, that that is too much. I was about to say, like, I wonder if I can run a shortcut and that context, depending on the time, it would change and I would only need one shortcut. But I don't know if that would work and I probably shouldn't do it. Well, what you could do is you could log inside uh, or using shortcuts when you run the shortcut in the morning um, mm-hmm. uh, or tell you, well, let's start with in the bathroom in the morning. Like when you when you tap your NFC tag there, it could reset a variable in data jar, which is like Alex's day progress or something like that. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever's appropriate for you. And then um, when you go and you tap the NFC tag at your desk, then it'll say, OK, Alex's day has progressed to one. You know, just I'm, I'm using numbers here for the mm-hmm. sake of simplicity, but you could say like morning, um, morning work or whatever. And then if you tap it again... Like the first thing that you could do is have the have the shortcut check this and say, okay, what is this? Oh, I already did morning work. Well, in that case, I'm now going to turn on afternoon work. Nice. But if it, if you haven't done morning work, then it will nice. run the morning work one. So, for example, if I don't know, you fly back from somewhere and you sleep late, and so you don't get up until later in the day, and you don't start work until like two or something, then when you tap it, it'll it'll be like, oh, I'll just do the morning work one because you know that's that's what tap that's nothing's happened yet. Um, so yeah, like if you did something like that, you could use data jar, you could use global variables in toolbox pro, you know, there's a, a number of different options for that, but you know, you could definitely do that. And to go back to your question about triggering stuff on the Mac, um, keyboard maestro has like URLs that you can use to trigger stuff. So you can just use a get contents of URL mm-hmm. with the keyboard maestro macro URL. Oh yeah. Um, the only thing I'll say about that is I have used this before. And I stopped using it, not because it didn't work. It works if your Mac is on. If your Mac, however, <laughs> is asleep and password protected, guess what? Yeah. That keyboard maestro macro URL can't do a lot <laughs> because your yeah. Mac is asleep. So you're there mm-hmm. going, computer, do the do the magic thing. And your computer's like, hmm. Yeah, snoring, that's... snoring mm-hmm. sounds. But 
if you've got an extra Mac around like you do, Alex, that might be a great use for you, you know, to keep it running yeah. as kind of a background server. Uh, one Before we move on, one uh, modification to your workflow I wanted to add. Uh, if you look in the show notes, I put a link in there uh, for you. And uh, this is something I'm, I'm literally tempted to just buy it and send it to you because I just want to hear the story of this. But they make a little device called the Clocky Running Alarm Clock. And this is a robot, so it's automation. And what it does is it sits on your nightstand, but it's an alarm clock with two wheels on it. And when the morning, when the alarm goes off, if you don't turn it off fast enough, it jumps off your nightstand and races around the room and hides itself. And it keeps ringing until you find it. Oh, David, I feel like this works better for people who own a house instead of somebody who lives in a very small area. No, I think it's even better in a small area. Just like, can you just imagine something like running under the bed? And then it's got the QR QR sticker on the back of it, right? Put the QR (laughs) sticker on the back and just just chase it around with your phone. Like you're running around the phone in your pajamas saying, I feel like this is like one of those things. Where like you have to like go to the kitchen and then like scan an NOC tag and that presents like a maths puzzle for you to solve. And if you get it wrong, then it doesn't produce your morning coffee until you get it right. And you're like, what is two times seven? I can't do two times seven without coffee. There um, used to be a Gmail feature that was that. <laughs> it was great. I think I think Alex, this could really work. And but they make another one with like a little propeller on it, and it takes off and flies around the room. And then the alarm won't stop ringing until you retrieve the propeller and return it to the clock. So that's another option. Are you but, serious? Yes. That, I had oh. like a, I had a little doll as a kid where it would go into like a thing and you pull like a cord on it and like the doll would like spin out and like fly off somewhere and you'd be forever chasing it over the garden. It reminds me of that. <laughs> this, I think, yeah, you know, I, I have a show that is um, not just about robots, but, but uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> we talk about robots a lot. If this feels like something that I can expense to, uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to do a weird. Yeah. That's right. This is not accounting advice. Please, please contact your accountant. Your clocks around the house. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, yes, this is. This looks amazing. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. But the automator angles, you have to put your QR sticker on the back of it. So yeah, the mm-hmm. NFC sticker mm-hmm. goes on the back of it, and so it's only when you found oh, yeah, it you're NFC. that you, you can scan it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've also found actually the new uh there there was something with the iPhone t- t- 12 Pro that NFC tags failed for me a lot but I haven't had that issue anymore which is the radio got better really exciting. I, I heard that too it from did. people yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah. good yeah. good yeah. cool yeah I mean it's one of those things where um you know, a lot of people think that you need to like touch the NFC tag to like your device and, and you don't. It's like there's mm-hmm. a little scanner, essentially. It's like it's right next to the camera um, on the back of your phone. It's not mm-hmm. like inside the camera. It's just next to it. But like it should be able to scan it from like a centimeter, two centimeters away, like half an inch away uh, from the NFC tag. Um, so, yeah, you don't actually have to, like, touch it to it. And if you have to touch it to it, that might be a sign that the NFC tag is actually broken. Um, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I switched to, like, the plastic chip and card varieties um, rather than stickers. Because I can use, like, um, either a glue gun or um, some, like, blue tech, uh, white tech. Like, I don't know if Americans have this. I don't know what the, the equivalent is. It's kind of like a chewing gum-like texture, but it doesn't stick permanently. That stuff for putting up, like, posters and so on. I can use that to like stick the NFC tags to a lot of things, which is great. 
Um, and then, yeah, I just don't have the issue with it breaking anymore. Oh, that's that, that's awesome. Do, um, can we put in the show notes what you use? Just because I'm, I yeah, think yeah. I might do this because yeah. it al- it also looks like it won't yellow as quickly as a sticker does. That's that's also why I have to replace them. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the advantage of like the hard plastic chips, and they come in like white and black and so on as well. And you can always stick like a sticker on them to like tell you what they mean or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you can also just use them as like a plain white chip, which, you know, has the partner approval factor of these don't look garish and disgusting or yes. weird. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, and I should also m- mention that uh, all of these, uh, of course, tr- uh, trigger t- um, time tracking sh- uh, shortcuts that are uh, via Timery, the amazing app that I think everyone uses. But if you aren't using Timery, you should. It's prob- it-, it is probably m- my most important, like, quote, productivity app other than OmniFocus. And uh, that's just just a huge thing. I always have a, a timer running just to um, make sure that I'm on track. Because if at the end of the week I look at my report and I haven't d- done what I set out to do, it makes me sad. And and sometimes what I set out to do is literally just play video games um, <laughs> next to my Switch. There's also a little uh, uh, <laughs> little NFC tag. Um, sure. But uh, it, I, uh, on the back of my Nintendo Switch, um, and that just uh, turns all the lights down and starts my video game uh T- t- timer it, i have i have a t- timer um like a or project in timery that's just called um life uh and that is what i use whenever i am just tracking existence that isn't work involved and i want i want to see that uh bar of the graph get bigger every week week that's the goal anyway isn't it Um, shocking to you though to see that data because you have like this perception of how you're spending your time Mm -hmm. and then you Mm -hmm. look at it and you're like and the actual numbers are so far different than what you think you're spending your time on i i'm always Mm -hmm. shocked by that Mm. yeah i i've been time tracking since i gosh like in in it was hard in high school because we weren't uh, allowed to, you know, have phones on us or anything. Yeah. But I, it really also just makes it easier to find out where um, your time is being spent in ways that are like, I'm not even talking like, like, oh, I was too quote unquote lazy no i'm like oh i spent a long time on this project and i don't really enjoy it and there's not really any benefits from it so let's make that that report a lot smaller i only want to see a little bit of email and administrative time not that (laughs) being a giant thing this is that this this isn't due by friday this (laughs) 
this is automated. Sorry. But at the same time, you know, time tracking is, you know, a really valuable tool and being able to automate that is something mm-hmm. that's really, really useful. So I've, you know, I've been automating a bunch of my time tracking, you know, if I'm taking a ballet class or an acrobatics class, guess what? I run my Apple Watch workout tracking and that starts a timery timer. And then when it stops, it, it stops a timery timer. Really simple. I get into my car and start driving. It starts a driving timer. I get out of my car and therefore I've stopped driving. It stops my driving timer and it allows me to just know where my life is going automatically, mm-hmm. giving me a much better sense, you know, over the week of, okay, well, where has I spent this much time sleeping, this much time driving, um, you know, and, you know, this much time doing these various things like podcasting is all automated time tracking and things like that because I use a bunch to start my uh, podcasting um, mode. And one of the things it does is run a shortcut that starts my podcasting timer. Um, and mm-hmm. so I can then look back at my week. And even if I've forgotten to do manual time tracking, which, you know, I'm working on doing some stuff with the stream deck and um, so on um, with Keyboard Maestro. Um, I'm stealing from TJ Luoma's um, Fantastic Al Fantastipal uh, script as an idea um, of like, you know, I'll just have different colors on a, on a stream deck button and have Keyboard Maestro change it based on, you know, stuff that it can check. Um, or stuff that gets triggered, um, which happens to be done thanks to, you know, timery um, and shortcuts, um, then, yeah, like, you know, I even if I forget to do the manual stuff, it's amazing how much stuff does get logged. Um, and things like turning down your lights when you start, you know, playing a game and so on. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to completely automate that. So if I start playing a film, like, my living room just dims all of its lights and everything for me, which is just great because then, you know, I sit down to watch a film, all the lights dim, I hit pause, the lights come back up. So if I need to go to the bathroom, like I hit pause, I can immediately see where I'm going. I come back, I hit play, and it just dims back down into like a cinema mode. Stuff like that, it's all automation. And it's just so much fun. Alex, you mentioned Apple's Vision OS and Vision Pro glasses earlier in the context of context. like how I did that. Um, (laughs) So... I too am thinking like you, every time I talk to you, Alex, I wish you lived closer because you and I, our nerd alignment is so close. I just feel like we would have so much fun <laughs> if you lived closer, but the, uh, but either way, what are you thinking about? It's with almost the like I've been listening to you for a decade and it's sort of influenced the way I think. <laughs> yeah, but you always influence me every time we talk, you have such good ideas. Yeah. I, uh, when Vision OS was announced i i mean i think i'm more excited for a new operating system than i am the actual headset uh if if anyone everyone should subscribe to my podcast and and pay me so i can get a vision pro (laughs) no um but as i talk about you know all of these contacts throughout my apartment um again they they are context more importantly for my brain and i am so excited that it's going to become a the the like images and or not images but like my sight lines are going to literally be able to you know be contextually triggered yeah. by uh, like a tap of my th- my thumb to my forefinger or whatever that is the the dream Put, putting on a headset and then having all of this in front of me like having um 
just uh, oh god I, I i bet you guys too are just imagining putting like pulling shortcut blocks uh in the air that's just that's so ex- that's so exciting to me um yeah. be- because I, I know folks are very worried about it, it taking you out out of the real worlds and sure it's very early days but it's also um i think uh about getting the unimportant stuff out of the way, it's going to make it even easier switching contexts with Vision OS. Yeah. We saw um, at WWDC this year, I think we saw more entertainment things than productivity and work stuff because that's, you know, what gets and normal people, for lack of a better term, excited. Yeah. Uh and uh, I mean, with Vision OS already, it, it's going to you know have have shortcuts. I believe that's correct, right? They did announce that it's going to you'll be able to trigger shortcuts on it because they. D- I don't remember a hundred percent it being announced, but I do know that you know iPad apps can run on Vision OS. Yeah, so um, kind yeah. of like you can you can run an iPad app on a Mac. You mm-hmm. know, like the developer has yeah. to. You know, make sure it's compiled for it and check a checkbox. Um, you know, it's it, it's not going to be perfect if they just go, yeah, sure, I'll mm-hmm. just check the box. Let's go for this. Um, but it, it it should work. So my understanding is, yeah, shortcuts is there on or will be yeah. there um, on Vision OS. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, if if um, Final Cut Pro is going to run on Vision o- OS, I feel like mo- most things should should be able to. As a, a, a digital button should be easy to press. Yeah. Um, but I I like um, with the like um, the the way that you know the iPad has stage manager and ios has different focus modes um i i want though that in front of my my face like i i want reminders of what i should or could be doing without having to you know do something that um i don't know it's it's difficult to explain because so much of it is really it's it's so different for everyone their their needs but also their um abilities my biggest Mm -hmm. i think gripe with all of apple's os's is how much the accessibility settings are buried within settings because you know uh, all of us nerds can go off about the ui of uh, every sort of system preferences uh ui in, in it's just a, a mess everywhere i know i know it's difficult um but accessibility uh, I, it's definitely changing, but for the longest time, um, it it's not that it was stigmatized, but it really wasn't talked about uh, at WWDC, and people, I don't think, were um, just using it to its full potential. Mm-hmm. But now that you know, it's so baked in with uh, short shortcuts and and s- stuff like that. Have it, I know that. For me, at least, um, having things on Vision OS um, and uh, like you know using voice control and 
something with Vision OS and having my hands be free to do whatever is going to to be huge because it's just that little I just get a little bit of RAM back. Like if I have something in in the in literally in the corner of my vision, um, it can be helpful. There there's this app called One Thing, and it literally just sits in your menu bar and does one thing. And that that's always what I am working on is is that one thing, and it's in my menu bar, and I can always see it. Uh, I think with Vision OS, sure you it's always in your vision and it's like ah your work can be everywhere with you and it's like no 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 I want it to be like yes this is always here with me and I can you know being able to physically automate something there's something about it that gets me excited about the future of automation and the future of accessibility because um you know, a lot of my short uh, shortcuts do end up they end up having accessibility actions, whether it's, you know, my nighttime one changes the text to be bigger on my iPad so I can read it. Um, I mentioned uh, before the show how I like to change my AirPods settings when I am out and uh, about because it um, makes me it, it makes it easier to hear folks. Uh, I use my iPhone sometimes to magnify things that if I can't, you know, read something like you don't have to be, you know, quote, unquote, like disabled you to use access. Ex- accessibility is for everyone. And hopefully people have heard this a million times, but I kind of, I, I'm really excited to see what vision OS does with accessibility and not even just like site wise, but um, whatever, like just different ways to use your hands. Um, I was very much like, there's not going to be a controller for the the Vision Pro. Like, there's no way. No, Apple has been literal hands on for since the iPhone. Like, no, future is you know Air Pokies, um, and I think being able to blink and move all of my windows like like I, I, th- that's what i'm thinking about i guess like blinking and completely changing uh context um not blinking but you know, or you know like blinking blink three times and then suddenly you're in entertainment mode and all of your uh all of your lights have changed. That's almost like tele. It's, like you can think of that it's as the like of teleporting. Shoes. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I, it's still hard for me to. I mean, I, I mean, I'm mumbly and stumbly and uh, uh mm, all the time. <laughs> but even more so when I'm thinking and talking about Vision OS, since it's so new, mm. there's so much imagination yeah. to be had. I feel like there's so much more to the interface that we haven't seen that like yeah. mm-hmm. when the yeah. iPhone was new, people were new to a touchscreen and Apple went really slowly for the first several years, getting you to do more gestures mm-hmm. and more complex things. And I feel like there is a whole library of gestures inside Apple that they are not going to expose to like version three of this product. And some of those will be in accessibility and some of them just won't be visible yet or available, but they'll come at some point. 
The, the other thing that you touch on, Alex, that's interesting to me is the idea of context and vision OS. Cause I, you and mm. I are tracking because I'm like, I love the idea of being able, like for me, it's like even more deep. Like what if I could say I do my writing at a cabin, you know, at Machu Picchu, you know, and yeah, like yeah, the exactly. device gets good enough mm-hmm. that I feel like that that's there. And then before you know it, my brain, as soon as I load that up, my brain's like, oh, writing mode, get to work writing and yeah. don't think about, mm-hmm. you know, Ahsoka series or whatever. And yeah. so I, I feel like there's something to that. But the interesting piece of it to me is Apple was so focused on making this an augmented reality product. They really, you know, they, the idea is that the windows show up in your living room and that's such a focus of them. But I feel like for context stuff, sometimes virtual reality could be better if it's done oh, yeah. with these high quality screens. And Apple's not talking about that because I feel like they don't well, really want to talk like about virtual reality. I feel like they did talk about it. Um, and for anybody who hasn't yeah. listened to that Cortex episode all about Vision OS um, and and the new Vision um, Pro that's going to come out, um, because Mike got to actually try one at WWDC. If you haven't listened to that, folks, please do go listen to that. A, because Cortex is amazing. And B, because Mike does a really great job of walking you through exactly what his experience was like. But the digital crown on the side of the Vision Pro that mm-hmm. you can turn oh. it and you can uh, adjust how much reality is in your vision. So if somebody walks it's in, wild. they're still going to appear <laughs> and come like come in and they're going to be kind of like a ghost. Um, but mm-hmm. like you can you can say, OK, I want Machu Picchu. You know, I want to be sitting mm-hmm. on the edge of the Grand Canyon. I want to be um, floating above a Formula One race, whatever it is. Um but, you know, you could also just be like, no, I, I'm just in my office at home. Um, but mm-hmm. because you can also, from my understanding, like make your own 3D pictures and so on. I wonder if at some point we're going to get the ability to scan our environments. Because I know for me that could be really useful because every so often I'll have to like do work, but there'll be something in my office bugging me. Like I was in the middle of doing this thing with my 3D printer last night, but I got frustrated and I stopped. And now out of the corner of my eye, I can see my 3D printer. Mm-hmm, and it's like mm-hmm. taunting me of like, you haven't finished replacing this bit or whatever it is. Like, that's not actually the case right now. But I could imagine if I had like taken like a 3D scan of my office to use as like mm-hmm. my working environment. <laughs> yes. Like I could just be like, no, I'm in an idealized version of my office right now. I don't know that there's a massive box on the floor that could trip me up if I if I walk in that direction. I mean, obviously, like before I got up to walk around, I would have to, you know, re-enter <laughs> reality mode. Um, but, you know, I feel like this could be really, really useful because it, it allows you to both set your context, but also just like fix your context. Um, and I know that, for a lot of people, you know, having context, sound, um, and visual is a huge part of that. And not being able to get in and out of the zone. Like, I have days where I should just be able to get into the zone and snap and I'll do the exact same thing the next day that worked the previous day. And for some reason, there'll be something somewhere that I can see or hear that is bugging me and I won't be able to get in the zone. I feel like between the audio and the video in the Vision Pro, like, I will be able to automate getting into the zone much more easily. Well, even like Alex in your small apartment, you were talking about, you have a small apartment earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. What if you could just put the headset on and feel like you're, you know, in a mountain Glen or whatever. We, we had a meetup in the Max Sparky labs after the announcement. And one of the guys in the labs spent a bunch of time in Tokyo 
like 10 years ago. He said, I lived in the box. He said, I lived in this tiny, tiny apartment in Tokyo. You know, they're famous for these little apartments. He said, I would have killed for this back then just because I mm-hmm. always felt like I was like in this box. If I could put that on and feel like I was in someplace more spacious, it would have felt really good once in a while. And I, I I feel like Apple hasn't told that story enough. I, I get what you mean. And and I yeah, Mike did a great job. I actually was in the room when Mike came back from that demo and he was all glazy eyed. He he had mm-hmm. quite an I think the way he said it to me is if they would have taken my credit card, I would have bought it right there. And uh mm-hmm. I feel like there's just a lot to this thing for for automators and people looking for you know, contextual computing type applications that that Apple hasn't really told that story yet, but I think it's there. And I, I mean, I, I know, I think we can say that we know it's, it's there because so many people from the VR press, like I'm, I'm a little bit in the VR world and so many people who like the VR press being there made me be like, okay, yeah, we're, this is good to go. But there's just with the way Apple tells stories, obviously is always really specific. And right now there are (laughs) two terms that I think make people think certain things, which is artificial intelligence and virtual reality. And, uh, Apple really did kind of talk all about artificial intelligence and virtual reality in the WWDC keynote. They just didn't use those specifically because they want the Apple words and uh, not the pre-written narrative that society has made. And I like that. Apple's afraid of the word artificial intelligence. They don't want it to they don't want to get they don't want to get on that train you know, but mm-hmm. they're doing it. Yeah. I had a, a bet that they would not, I, I was, I had my, my uh, developer friend, I'm like, I bet you a dollar and 50 cents. I don't know why it was 50 cents, but I, like Tim Cook, no, no one on that stage is going to say vir- uh, virtual reality or, uh, or um, artificial intelligence. They'll say machine learning. They will say like, they'll, they're going to say spatial computing. And I was so happy. That was part of the bet. I'm like, yes, they did it. They said they used spatial computing instead of um, AR. I, or they did say AR, but uh, like Rose, like you said, I kind of want like omni-focus perspectives, <laughs> literally like perspectives so that I can just like uh, turn my head and then, you know, let, let's say you don't, want to see that 3d printer but you know in in my vr headset sometimes i watch netflix i I also have a nfc tag on my uh (laughs) on my quest um i i will sometimes just watch netflix in uh, the oculus quest because it or sorry oh meta quest um because that context switch is just better for my brain even though the quality the like you know it's not 4k it looks kind of crappy uh but now with the vision pro like oh like oh oh my gosh um and you know to snap back into reality when someone walks into the room is i mean i (laughs) this might be too far but what if you could set 
automations to be triggered for specific people. That was like, it wants that person, you know, uh, like I had, if someone is wearing a, another vision pro or, they have, I, I mean, we know this thing can talk to iPhones and, and stuff already. Like we, all of these chips c- can talk to one another, like the air tags, um, all of this stuff, all of the world of spatial computing is so ripe for automation that I want the David Sparks, Rosemary Orchards, uh, the, the Timery Joes of the world. I, I, David Smith, I am so, so excited for not just Apple's story, but of the developers I know and trust their story of what spatial computing can be and our own. Like, we, there's still those, sorry, by our own, I mean people, people like me who aren't uh, necessarily developers, but build and use shortcuts how there was uh, those rumors that like, oh, there's going to be a Siri, a way to like build apps with Siri. And what I think the rumor, what, probably what that might be is, is that we can build more apps with shortcuts and just say them in into the air, like build, build a shortcut just with, um, you know, just with voice control, which gets better Oh God! Like I mean, voice. I've been using voice control since my first Mac, just because it feels future and cool. But you know, uh, just doing that with your voice and being able to sort of build your own story of what you want in spatial computing excites me a lot. Because uh, just like with humans in software, diversity and system settings is better. I think. All right, so let's go there for a minute. Let's get a little hypothetical. And so we're going to have to make some assumptions because none of us have this yet. But what is your automation story? Let's say, Rose, you've got one of these things strapped on your head. How do you want to automate it to help you? What what do you want to do with it? I think it really depends on the context. Like, for example, if I'm packing for a trip, like I want like the, the current like a subset of things that I'm packing to be like, a kind of little post-it note that's like sitting in like the corner of my field of view. Not obscuring stuff, but like it's there. And then when I look at it, it like zooms in and pops up and is like, okay, you need like these three things left. Um, Because the number of times that I get distracted while walking around the house looking for something while I'm packing is way too big. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, it would be a similar thing going shopping. I'm not sure I would wear it to go to like the grocery store, but at the same time, you never know. It could be really useful if when you're looking at like the shelf in the grocery store, it could be like highlighting the things that you need. Um, and then you look at it and mm-hmm. it's like, by the way, here, here's, here's the macro information yep. on this. Like this is really full of sugar, but this one right next to it that you know tastes pretty much the same, way better for you. Okay, I'll buy the one that's better for me. Um, you know, that would be really nice. So so you want an AI bot that like is like your mother that's just gonna say, Are you sure? I don't you want, want it to be like my mother, <laughs> but I, I want like a personal assistant out of it, basically. Like the thing that's mm-hmm. reminding me, like, hey, you got distracted from this, but this is what you're supposed to be doing. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, just the, the thing that can understand that, you know, I I'm currently, you know, I'm watching the show, but I'm like half watching the show because like I'm actually thinking about this problem. So it won't like let the show get too big and take over the screen. It will like, you know, keep it in a smaller corner. Um, and, um, you know, at the end of the show, like the episode, it won't auto play the next episode. 
um, or something because, you know, I was kind of all lunch break and, you know, just thinking about, you know, what should I be doing next and how do I solve this problem, etc. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I feel like that's where I want to start. And then from there, you know, things like Swift Playgrounds. Wait, wait, that's where you shortcuts. want to start? You want a, you want well, a I mean, robot like, built? Oh, <laughs> well, no, yeah, like, no, this is, yeah, no, Rose, I am totally there. Like, well, obviously, it's going to take a while and, and things like that. But, like, I feel like having, like, an omnifocus perspective in the corner yep. of my field of view. And, like, Ken's already, like, building that stuff. Exactly. Like, oh, like so the group have already got their apps. Mm-hmm. Come, like, they've got their apps run on Vision OS, or, like, they've set them up yeah. and tested them. Like, I don't know if they've got their hands on a piece of hardware yet and actually been to a lab and, and tried stuff out. I would be surprised if they hadn't had that opportunity. Um, but, you know, I feel like that, you know, Omnigroup and so on, um, and similarly, drafts, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need drafts. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm going to need drafts. Um, but I feel like widgets on top of my life would be a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Like widgets and, exactly. and interactivity. Yeah. And guess what? Widgets are becoming interactive with yes. iOS 17. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Yeah, it seems like it is coming together, doesn't it? Yeah. Day one beta this year because oh, of yeah. the interactive widgets. Oh, it, yeah. It, I, I've just been... Uh, yeah. Living, I, living I, the best lo- life. Losing my mind with... Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. It is so good. Um, but then on top of that... Um, you know, like wh- like when we get to something like Swift Playgrounds, Swift Playgrounds is already on the iPad, right? And mm-hmm. Shortcuts is on the iPad. So both of these apps should theoretically exist on Vision OS because mm-hmm. any iOS, iPad app can exist on Vision OS. Now, Mac apps don't exist on Vision OS. So something like Xcode we wouldn't have, but you can share like, you know, a Mac screen into Vision OS. So you could still have something like Xcode. But imagine mm-hmm. being able to like write your own mini apps in Swift Playgrounds and with shortcuts on Vision OS and just run them. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you get really creative because I feel like I know that Swift Playgrounds has got limitations. I know a lot of people have done some really cool stuff with it and written stuff with it and then, you know, turned it into an app on the App Store. But I feel like bringing that into shortcuts, like Vision OS is kind of the place to do it because it's this whole cool new thing. And at the moment, I can write a script and run a script on another machine from Shortcuts. I say another machine, mm-hmm. like Mac OS um, Shortcuts has support for command line scripts, Apple scripts, etc. But iOS just doesn't have that. The closest it's got is being able to run JavaScript on a page, on like a, a, a web page, which is a bookmarklet, essentially. But yeah. it would be really cool if you could integrate Swift Playground stuff. With shortcuts, mm-hmm. and then you could just automate all the things because Swift is a really powerful language. So I feel like you can pretty much do anything when you've got those two. So maybe Vision OS will be the thing that brings them together. I think that I pretty so. quickly, uh, instead of iOS, Vision OS is going to be uh, my m- main operating system because of what you've just said. I mean, it, there, there, and on top of that, I think that this h- hardware that is so different, there are going to be people who ha- just have a different set of skills and a different way of thinking that will be building things that we've literally never seen um, and that other software developers may literally have never thought of before just because all of our brains are different. And... I really hope that they uh, Apple gets 
a, a um, I mean, I know the SDK is there, but I really hope that cheaper hardware comes out soon just so the accessibility of building things is easier because i i know that that like the, the i've played a little bit with the sdk but it's just not the, the same and i like you know from using a vr headset it and like i try to use the um i've tried to use the sdk as kind of like all right just pretend just pretend this you're in this environment and it helps a little bit if you use a playstation controller but i mean it's you you can't really i think unlock all of the possibilities unless you're using it and only a few hundred people have ever tried this thing well i think it's gonna be amazing and i'm with you guys i feel like i don't know where it's gonna lead but for a starting point for me is getting to the contextual idea. I want to strap to my face and say, take me to the writing cabin. And I just want everything to happen. I want the focus modes, the, the, what I see through the headset, the apps that open. I want it to be a thing where you just put it on and you jump from one thing to the next. And it gives you like a little respite from the rest of the world, which Mm -hmm. is terrible to say. I have a great, I live in a nice little house. I'm happy. People are, it's generally clean. But still, I would like the ability to escape once in a while and feel like it's going to be possible. I don't think that's bad. For the paltry sum of $3,500 to begin with. But yeah, (laughs) I Uh, mean, in my case, plus a flight and hotel stay in the U.S. and uh, prescription lenses. (laughs) Yeah, but I really think that Apple is looking at this as a minimum viable technology. Like it has Mm -hmm. to have resolution and it has to have screen refresh and it has to have all this stuff to a certain minimum level in order for it to work. And that will get cheaper. And I think they call it Vision Pro because eventually there's just going to be a Vision and a mm-hmm. Vision Pro, just like the yeah. iPhone. And that one will be less expensive. I mean, it is a Vision. The the way I think the way they marketed it was was a, a really smart. But um, D- David, have you? I, I think you uh, have. You've worked in the uh, gosh, I forget the app name, but. Working in the MetaQuest when, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I, I, I would work in too. space. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I wrote a blog post about that. Uh, like, I was circling the earth writing a blog post, and it was great, except for the resolution. It was too blocky, mm-hmm. and so Horizon you can yeah, only rooms. do it. Yeah, you yeah. can only do it for like an hour, and then you started to mm-hmm. feel kind of a little gross. Mm-hmm. And with the Vision Pro, it's way higher resolution, way higher screen refresh. So I think you'll be comfortable putting on. I don't know that you're going to want to wear it for eight hours, but I think that like if you want to do an hour or two work session, I think it probably should be no problem. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember Mike describing the headaches that he got from the um, the MetaQuest Pro because essentially, like he's looking at text, right? Um, and and yeah. it's just the the quality is not high enough. Um, and Gray didn't really have this issue because, um, you know, he he was looking at like the the text projected on a whiteboard, um, which was a distance away. So your your eyes will you know allow something to be a bit blurry that's a longer distance away and not give you like that that massively draining headache that you can get. But then mm-hmm. yeah, the the screens in the Vision OS in Vision Pro should make it way easier because you know you look at stuff and it's like reality. Um, 
which is, you know, I think this is why Apple's so focused on augmented reality, because like you can just overlay text on the top of a thing. So imagine a language learner who's put mm-hmm. on a Vision Pro and they they open whatever their language learning app of choices. And suddenly everything that they see, like if they if they look at that thing, it gets like the name of whatever it is in the language that they're learning um, in both like phonetic script and, you know, whatever the correct script is for the language that they're learning underneath it. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. Like that would be really useful. Um, obviously you wouldn't be allowed in an exam, but, you know, I could just imagine like, that being really useful for a whole bunch of people because it's like, oh, this thing that I never know what the name of that is. Okay, I know what the name of that is now. Great, a glass mm-hmm. is a bien, for example, in French. Um, then yeah, like you know, this this will at some point hopefully end up thinning down to something that looks like a pair of glasses or sunglasses, um, and you know, being affordable for everybody. And I think you know w- when that happens. It won't seem weird anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I would not wear a Vision Pro to the supermarket to buy groceries, just to be clear. Not yet. Uh, Part of I mean... me would be like, I would love to if there was like an app that could like tell me the calorie information and help me like be like, oh, you're in the fruit section. Here's the fruit, fruit and vegetable section from your grocery list. These are the things that you need. You're leaving the fruit and vegetable section, but you did not buy bananas. Go back and pick up bananas. <laughs> but you know, when I was at WWC, I talked to a guy who went over to Cafe Max for lunch and said two people walked in wearing the headset got their lunch and left without mm-hmm. ever taking them off. I mean, it, it, it will be I mean, I feel like on Apple campus, it's a bit more normal than, you know, yeah. at the grocery well, store in, the in my town of 40,000 yeah. people here in the UK. I mean, everyone in my office mocked me for having my AirPods in all the time. And then it was like barely six months later, everyone had them in. And I, I mean... I I like on the Vision Pro that it tell it, you can s- see when someone is looking at you and you you know that I I wish almost there was a signal on the AirPods somehow like a, a little light for folks to know like no I am I'm listening to you but the clarity from the AirPods and the, the automation I have to make it uh, just uh, the, the world more listenable like I I just wish. It, that was a, a a thing again. Another like context switch. Well, you know what we need to do once this thing gets released and we all get our hands on them and we start automating. We got to have you back, Alex, mm-hmm. and you got to tell us what you're automating. This is all I think about, honestly. Like, it, I, I have a new show just based around like, well, augmented reality and stuff in in general. But uh, I just think this is going to make I don't want to say make people better that makes it sound like people are bad but um I just think this is another layer of computing that is going to unlock a a lot of creativity and even a lot of empathy and just different parts of our brains the the bicycle for the mind thing yeah it's this is uh like a little a little electric scooter for your mind i'm Mm. stoked my abacus needs as much help as it can get (laughs) yeah and especially with the eyes on the front you know alex you're saying about the uh you know the the idea of the the indicator light for the airpods i feel like the eyes on the front will really help people understand with that like no i am looking at you I'm just not taking this off because taking this off is, you know, like 
a thing and mm-hmm. then I have to put it back on um, and so on. And like I am seeing like the window with the application that's got the information in that you're asking me about right here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like you're going to get there. Or you're seeing like their name and pronouns or something. And it's oh, yeah. like, no, seeing this is like a, a Kurt, like no, no, I want to communicate with you, not <laughs> not I am ignoring you. Uh, and you you both mentioned obviously when the hardware gets smaller and easier, we'll get to that point. But I do think this is going to connect people more than isolate them. It's a really strong belief I've had for a, a while, and Apple by presenting it in a this way and only releasing it when the tech was ready that it, it wouldn't turn people off like when you're wearing a VR headset it makes you sick or whatever i think no not i think i i know that this is going to revolutionize computing even if vision os is a total failure because w- more and more people are going to think about spatial computing and ambient computing even if it's not on your face you're going to think about just what is around you and be more mindful in general of mm. uh, how you're using something that's it's hard not to be yeah and i don't even want to open the can of worms about the 3d video but it's the holodeck i mean you really are i mean when this thing really goes mainstream you'll be able to look at your loved one on the other side of the world and it'll feel like they're in the room with you and that that's that's Mm -hmm. amazing uh either way alex where do people go to find out more of the stuff you're making um, you can go to alexcox.me or, uh, I would ask, this is coming out in two weeks, right? Yeah. Did you say? Take. Um, go to haptic.show if you like talking about theoretical computing and AR and VR and all of that stuff. I think you might enjoy it. If I'm you have made it this up. far. <laughs> I'm signing up. I can't mm. wait. All right. Uh, we are the Automators Podcast. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. Um, I should mention as well, we'll put a link in for Dubai Friday, Alex's other popular podcast. And Roboism, of course. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All all the great shows are at alexcox.me. Uh, great. And so we'll put that in there. Uh, we have a forum at talk.automators.fm if you have automation questions there's a lot of smart people there you can go check it out and we want to thank our sponsors today and that is our friends over at expressvpn and text expander and we'll see you next time goodbye folks